On this week's episode, President Biden meets with former college football players because there's clearly nothing else going on in the world. We'll give an update on the Michigan football situation. We'll quickly touch on D3 football playoffs coming up. And I was left undetended this week. Wake up, Mules Nation. Time to dig in. Welcome to the Sports Mules. I'm your host, Eric Kiner. And whenever and however you guys are listening to this show, I really appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in. And as always, any uh, questions, concerns, compliments, threats of violence, anything you have, please feel free to uh, to send those in. Love to hear from you guys about what topics you want to talk about and how we can always improve the show. And like I said uh, in the uh, intro, my executive producer was off this week in Nashville having a good old time, and I was left to my own devices. And anybody who knows me knows that uh, if I'm left unattended, uh, things are probably not going to go very well. So we'll see how uh, we'll see how this episode goes. But a few things to talk about today, uh, nothing too crazy, and uh, some things that are somewhat near and dear to my heart. We'll go over D3 football, and like I said, we'll give a quick update on uh, Michigan football and their situation. Might be some some more info coming down this week uh, as far as punishments, and, and we'll kind of, I'll give you guys my feelings on that. And, and along with, uh, like I said, President Biden met with some former college football players to discuss kind of player safety, uh, NIL regulations, uh, kind of revenue sharing, and, and all that fun stuff that comes with that. Some things that we've kind of touched on in some of the previous weeks, but uh, I'm excited to get going here. So let's get her started. So a group of former college football players uh, went to the White House earlier this week to discuss uh, some issues with college football now as far as like NIL uh, regulations that they wanted to kind of have Congress take a look at, um, some player safety that they wanted to go through. Um, there's been discussions in the last couple of weeks, like we talked a couple of weeks about with Dartworth, about players becoming, you know, employees of, of colleges and universities and forming unions. Um, and then there was also some discussion uh, as far as revenue sharing that comes in uh, with, with the massive amount that college football, but college athletics overall kind of brings into colleges and universities in the country. And we've, we've touched about this uh, a little bit in the previous weeks. Uh, but this one was a little bit more, um, I guess, an impressive list and meeting. It wasn't just uh, a group of people going and, and kind of complaining and saying they wanted things. This was an actual uh, organized effort to go in and talk to some members of the Biden administration um, including Andrew Luck, Desmond Howard was there, and there was a couple other uh, individuals from uh, ESPN that were also there to discuss things. And then, uh, you know, President Biden shows up and starts discussing with them. I'm not going to get political, but I think there's other things he could probably be doing uh, than worry about college football right now. Uh, I'm tired of paying uh, $55 for uh, eggs and milk and bread. Uh, it's way too expensive, French toast. But anyway... Uh, so some of the things that they were talking about um, that we've discussed earlier, because we're always ahead of the curve, was the NIL deals that are going on now. And essentially, you know, the NCAA approved NIL a few years ago, and 
they've made some changes, but it's essentially just unregulated, right? It's wild, wild west. And they wanted to have some sort of uh, congressional insight into this and kind of maybe not run it or have any control over it, but maybe work on some regulations or see how it ties to some other uh, current union uh, issues as far as, as how it's handled and who's responsible for it and, and what they can do here. So they were here to talk about NIL. They were talking about revenue sharing um, because, again, we've discussed it in the past. There's a massive amount of money that comes in to college athletics. And these players are, yes, they are the ones behind it that are bringing in the money, you know, for people to see. They're excited to see them. They want to see future, you know, NBA, MLB, uh, NFL players. And, yes, there's a lot of interest. In America, there is a massive amount of interest in college athletics, right? More than anywhere else in the world, right? The rest of the world does not care about their colleges and what sports they're playing. In America, it is basically its own uh, top tier athletic league and industry. And there's a lot of money, but we've discussed in the past that the money that comes in is either dispersed throughout the colleges and universities themselves in the form of, you know, building buildings or getting supplies or updating um, technology on the campuses. Some of it is used, obviously, for facilities, but a lot of the monies that come in and is used specifically for sports or science or, um, you know, legal or engineering or whatever, you know, the, the top tier thing is at that particular school, usually that stuff comes from donors, right? Somebody donates money and they build a building and they name it after them or they build a facility and they name it after them or they give enough money and then all of a sudden a basketball court is whatever arena at such and such court. Because the money is dispersed other places, and it is also used to run the athletic department in general. And as I've stated before, um, these individuals that get their full scholarships, and maybe they can work out something for the NCAA to give more money to for scholarships or allow more scholarships or to figure something out to do with that money. But um, to say that these players... Um, you know, for majority of the sports, we can still say student athletes, but at this point, I, I, college football is a business; it's its own league, and a lot of these, the majority of these guys, you know, the big, the big time guys who are going to go to the NFL, they're not really student athletes, right? This is a minor league system now for football, and for these players to be allowed. NIL money, right? They can go out and make millions of dollars in NIL and then still be like, well, we brought in X amount of money. We want a, a percentage of revenue sharing that we brought in for TV rights and for bowl games and sponsorship and everything else. Again, in, in my opinion, and, and if this offends anybody, I, I don't really give a shit. These guys get to go to college for three years, four years, however long they go. And when they're done, leave. They, they don't have any student loan debt. They don't have any other responsibilities. They've essentially had a three or four year, um, you know, job interview for the next level. 
not to man, not to mention all the other perks and benefits that they got for being a top level athlete at a major program. Uh, so to come in and say, well, we now want part of revenue sharing. I, you know, at some point enough is enough, right? You, you're getting to make your money now. You can go into the uh, transfer portal, uh, which was also something else that they discussed here. Uh, I apologize for not mentioning that earlier. But if they don't like a school or there's a school they think they get more money out, they can just go on the transfer portal and leave now and go get more money. Uh, so at some point, to me, uh, uh, enough is enough. You're getting paid to go to school now. You don't have to pay to go to school. You can put your abilities on display for years and then get drafted into a major sports league to then make millions of dollars there as well, all by leaving school with zero in debt compared to Joe Blow college student uh, who is then indebted for God knows how long after that. And again, the money and revenue, if there even is revenue, because most athletic departments do not actually turn a profit, any money that comes in is then, like I said, dispersed throughout the school to actual academic and athletic facilities to be used to build the school, improve the school, and bring more people in. So uh, I, I get a little testy on the revenue sharing part of it and you know, giving these uh, players more than the millions that they're now allowed to make the schools that they're now allowed to just shop themselves through and just go to as they wish. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's always going to be a big one for me. And the, the player safety one, I mean, there's, there's always a, an emphasis on, on player safety as there should be. And some of the things that they discussed this week were not just the usual, you know, what equipment that they're wearing or, uh, rules within the game, you know, targeting rules and, and things such as that, which are important and they should have. But most of the stuff that they were discussing this week um, were kind of pre, pre-current and post-health um, standards, uh, health and safety standards for the players, right? So it's athletic training, um, What what is being allowed to them almost like in the NFL where if somebody gets hit and there's you know an official doctor on the sideline that says hey he looks a little he got up a little woozy he has to come over and at least let us have him check him out first uh currently the NCAA uh and most college athletic um, departments do not have anything set up that now they all obviously have doctors uh and training staff on the sideline but there is no regulation or rules as far as, hey, if we see something, say something, bring somebody over and have them checked out. And what I think is probably the most beneficial thing out of this is that they are trying to get some standardized level of how many people are at practices, how many people, and by people I mean training staff, um, and support staff are there at practices, who's there on game days, 
you know, what is their policies and procedures as far as having, you know, guys come into the trainers to be checked out, to be reviewed? Is it standard that if you just like, oh, I got hurt on the game, do I have to go in next day to the trainer to be seen? Or does everybody have to go in uh, the next time, no matter what? So this is actually a a part of this that I can get behind. Um, Safety for the student athletes is is the most important thing, right? The games and everything and, and and you know, NI deals and revenue sharing, they're all the big topics everybody talks about. But for me, the safety and health and well-being of, of the student-athletes is, is the most important thing. Um, so, yeah, the, these are just some of the issues that they, they kind of touch on this week. I think there there does need to be a little bit more regulation in the transfer portal. There needs to be more regulation for these NIL deals and revenue sharing. Again, tied to that's the money that comes in. If you're there, if you are now going to mandate to all athletic departments across this nation, as far as you know, hey, you have to have X amount of trainers, and they have to have these standards, and you have to have these doctors. Again, I don't know if anybody's aware of this, but that costs money, and that's money that comes from hey, shocker, TV deals and tickets and merch sales and. Everything else that money comes in, guess where that goes to? Those type of things. So guys who now want revenue sharing, well, do you want revenue? Do you want an extra uh, $300 a game or do you want an actual full staffed training staff who can help you? So we'll see what comes out of this. Hopefully we'll actually get some some good content and it doesn't turn into some political battle or it doesn't turn into us versus them. Um. Because, you know, these are things that definitely need to be worked on. They're definitely things that need to be discussed and and thoughtfully gone over. But I think we all know my fondness for the NCAA. So we shall see. So I'm currently trying to record this. Everybody everybody wants it. This is the Eric everybody wants. This is the Eric everybody will get. I'm I'm currently trying to record this whilst also working because I have a horrible multitasking addiction. And um, good Lord, Earth, good Lord. Any hoot, what a great intro to uh, Michigan. And they're just great. Uh, can I curse on this? It's my podcast. Whatever. And they're complete fuckery that goes on. Constantly. People wonder why people hate Michigan in general or Jim Harbaugh. It's because of this nonsense. So to go off what we've discussed in the last couple of weeks. Um, so Michigan has been uh, accused. We'll still use accused for the time being accused of stealing signs from teams that they will be playing. And again, this is more than just the usual uh, looking at signs and stealing, you know, trying to pick up on signs and signals that that go in right. Like we've discussed in the past, it's a very gray area, and there are things that are happening all the week, every week in sports. But we'll stick with college football here in general, right? When I coached, we watched film to see if we could, hey, see somebody on the sidelines and pick up some signals, right? There's uh, usually this is part of the reason when you watch film, most of it either cuts things off, right, starts it at the plays. So you don't see the signals coming in or they move the camera enough that, you know, you can't see what they, they're signaling. Or if you watch University of Georgia games 
and there's th- these massive sheets that they put up behind the coaches it's so that the TVs and films can't pick up on anything that they're signaling. So it's a common thing. People know it. People understand it. it happens when you're watching film. It happens when you're you know, in the game. You're trying to get every advantage you can, right? That's just sports. That's just how it works, right? The old line, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. So that works. The issue that people have had with Michigan is that it wasn't just your standard, let's see if we can pick up some signals. It was an organized attempt to get tickets to games through a network of people run primarily by their um, former, he was a a recruiting analyst uh, at Michigan called Connor Stallion. Uh, which, quite frankly, sounds like some poor name that somebody made. But he was essentially organizing these other individuals to go out, record at other games of opponents coming up for Michigan, either a fall, the following week or a few weeks uh, coming up, and primarily record their signal callers to see what they're signaling and what they're running to figure things out and match things up. Right. This has gone above and beyond just general trying to get some signals while watching. You are now running an organ, part of your organization that is essentially going out and gathering counterintelligence. Right. Like I said, I know what intelligence gathering looks like, and that's what they're doing. And this is the problem that people have had with Michigan. Now, earlier this week, uh, Michigan basically said, you know, it, you know, if we're guilty, then everybody's guilty. And if we're not guilty, then nobody's guilty because we have proof that Ohio State and Purdue and some other schools were doing the same thing and coming in and stealing our signs and doing whatever or telling people what our signs were. So Michigan has, as usual, tried to muddy the water and said, you know, well, everybody does it. You know, it's just that you got us doing it first uh, and not everybody else, but we're going to go and tell on everybody. So that's where we're at to some extent. Now, uh, the Big Ten said that they're going to come out later this week, and it's Friday. I don't know how much later they want other than game day, whatever, to come out and make a statement or decision about some possible punishment or whatever they're going to do. My issue coming up so far with Michigan in this whole ordeal is that one, I think you have to be patient and you have to be calm and you have to do your due diligence and actually do an investigation into what is going on exactly. What extent is it blown out of proportion or is it exactly what it seems like and what it looks like? And to just come out and say, you got to kick these guys out of the college football playoffs. You have to suspend them. You have to negate this season. You have to do X, Y, and Z. Everybody just needs to hit the pause button, right? Let's actually wait to see what is going on. So that's my, my issue with this so far is everybody, you know, goes light speed and freaks out. I understand that, especially in the media. It's a news feed. It's a news cycle. It's a great story. You have to do those things. What my issue has been is that until this, right, Big Ten is just going to come out and make a decision. They're going to make a decision. But in the weeks that this has been going on now, 
at no point between then and now, between I don't know what you're talking about to we're going to lay down a decision, the Big Ten nor the NCAA has come out and really said anything about this. They haven't said we're investigating it. We denounce this type of stuff. We don't agree with it, but we're going to look into it to see exactly what happened. None of them have said anything. It just went new phone, who dis, to you done some shit and we're going to do some stuff to you. Nothing in between. Again, and half of this is probably just because of media pressure and people saying things. Had nobody said anything about this, they would have just let this slide. They don't care. But now they're made to look bad, so... Now they have to do something. And I know the Big Ten has their little uh, you know, sportsmanship policy uh, that, let, you know, that has a bunch of uh, issues and penalties on there that can be levied for a variety of things. But again, what's in there? Where, what does this fall under? And exactly what do they have? And what does it say in this policy? Does it say you can't video go record opponents that are coming up? Or does it, you know, or does it just say, you know, behave yourselves, be good? And then NCAA, again, we talked about a couple weeks ago, NCAA has Michigan on their radar. They want them. They're going to come after them for something. And if this does actually turn out to be something, they're going to come out Harbaugh and Michigan. And the worst part of all of this is that they can lay down, if they want to, and they lay down a massive penalty on Michigan, Harbaugh can just say, best of luck to you guys. See you later. Peace out and go to the NFL or go wherever and go live his best life where this, you know, Michigan football and the student athletes and everybody else associated with it will then have to bear the burden of Jim Harbaugh uh, just being a degenerate shit and not, you know, uh, not letting or holding people accountable or having this stuff go on and be like, I don't think we should be doing this. And again, the people who continue to want to say that Jim Harbaugh wasn't aware or doesn't know exactly what's going on. Come on, wake up. It's time. And they fired they fired uh Connor Stallion, um, you know, uh adult film actor. But you you've you've already crossed the threshold of of doing what you should have done in the first place, which was for Michigan to come out and say, uh, we don't approve of this. This is wrong, this is not how we want to run this organization and fix it from there. But they didn't because they didn't want to, because they were hoping it would blow over and they can continue to do whatever they wanted to do. But so we'll, we'll see exactly what uh, NCAA says and we'll see what Big Ten says this week as far as punishments or issues or whatever they found. And uh, we'll see exactly what's going on at the wonderful University of Michigan soon enough. And now into something very near and dear to my heart, Division Three football. So this weekend uh, is the last weekend of the regular season for Division Three football, and then the playoffs and bowl games will start uh, next weekend. But as it stands right now, our top 25 poll, so the top 10 in Division Three right now, number one, North Central, which is in Illinois. Then we have Mount Union, Wartburg. Uh, we have University of Wisconsin, La Crosse, Whitewater, Trinity, which is now in Texas, uh, my arch nemesis, Johns Hopkins. Linfield is eighth, Randolph Macon is ninth, and then Susquehanna, the River Hawks are currently rounding out the top ten. So going into this last weekend here, mine and as it should be, your beloved mules start at uh, are currently eight and one. 
They have a game tonight against Montclair State. And uh, hopefully we get the win tonight. Should uh, go to 9-1. And, and the uh, Mules are currently 22nd in the top 25, the D3.com uh, top 25 poll. Basically very similar um, in the uh, ACSC coaches poll. So I bring this up, one, because I, I feel D3 football gets kind of uh, ignored and forgotten. And uh, as a uh, Mules coach for eight years and coached D3 for 10 years altogether, um, and I also graduated from school, so I'm extremely biased and I don't really care. So this game uh, tonight is is super important because uh, right now the way that Division Three works, much like other uh, tournaments in uh NCAA to begin with, there are so many at-large bids, right? There's there's certain teams that you win your conference, you're automatically in, and then you have some bubble teams that are uh, waiting to see if they get in. And for the Mules right now, they even though they're 22nd with the teams that are guaranteed to get, get in, um, technically a, a bubble team. So right now for D3 football... I think probably of all of them, it may not be the most uh, well-run, but it is uh, usually pretty set and standard on, on who gets in and, and what the committees look for. And I, I think there's a good chance the Mules get in. If they don't get in, uh, they'll get a bowl game, which will increase the, I forget, I should know this offhand, but I don't, how many years in a row now the Mules have made uh, the postseason uh one of a very select few that have, have made it consistently uh, over the last 20, 25 years. But um, I, I think for those of you out there who don't know much about D3 football and don't know much about the schools and where they're at and, and the caliber of, of these incredible student athletes that are at these schools, um, I highly recommend it's something that you should be on the lookout for and tune in. You know, sometimes there are some games on ESPN Plus that you can watch. Um, if you go to most of these school websites, the schools themselves are, are streaming the video or streaming the games. So it does give you an opportunity to to see these games. And the coaching that is at these levels and the dedication that goes into um, running these programs is different and it's a little bit more intense and fully invested, right? To be a, a good program at the D3 level means that you have to have, one, some some money coming in from these schools that are, are giving these programs enough funding to operate and, and be successful, not only on the field, but, you know, in recruiting to bring kids in. So there's an investment from the schools and the athletic departments and there's an investment from the parents. Uh, you know, most of these these kids that are playing at D3, you know, education is is the top priority, right? The sports and whatever sport they happen to be playing is a bonus, but it, it's it's the education that's you know paramount to all of this. And the parents put in so much, and they you know they invest so much in these programs and the kids and the, and the, the staffs. And it's, it's a very special and unique 
family bond that's really built and the dedication from these these coaches that uh you know sp- spend time away from their families they spend time away from their um you know and their loved ones and they use their personal time from work cuz most of these these coaches are like I was you know we were technically part time even though you were working full time um and you you know you take time away from your family you're using your personal time to do this you're using personal vacation time to to get things done and it's it's because you love the sport and you love the competition but most of it is from uh, passion for these these student athletes and the caliber of of these incredible men and men and women that that play at this level is is something that I think should be praised more. Um, being a student is difficult at at any school, right? Being an athlete is difficult. Being a student athlete might be the most difficult thing you can do while going to college university because the time that goes into being a proper student is is taxing uh the the investment you have to put into being an athlete and be good at your craft and help your your teammates out and help your program out takes a lot of work and you combine those it's it can be very taxing and really wearing and, and the fact that the they come out of this four years um is a, a real testament to how, how much um, sports can bring to somebody and bring to group, a group of people. And I don't think it's something that should be understated. So if you get a chance, tune in, uh, watch some of these games. If you have some nearby you, go down there, go visit, enjoy the atmosphere. You know, it's it's middle December here or middle Jan or November here. I'll figure this month out. Uh, you know, middle November here, it's, it's football weather out. And in most of these, uh, these cities and States here, you know, a little bit, uh, Northern. So now it's, it's cold. Maybe we get some rain, some snow, some sleet. So this is, this is pure football weather here. So tune in, go visit them, go watch, enjoy. It should be a great time. Uh, I'm going to go watch the mules tonight when, and uh, I will be traveling uh, Sunday to go down to uh, Alabama for the week, and uh, so maybe we'll do maybe we'll do a remote uh, a remote one next week. We'll see if we do a show. And uh, but I'll be watching to see if they make make the playoffs for the selection show on Sunday. But just it's that time of year where you just gotta sit back and. Uh, enjoy enjoy the wonder enjoy that is uh you know college athletics and and at this point these and like i said for d3 these are kids that incredible talent but this is this is for the love of the game uh this is the love of of the brotherhood and the bond that they they all get to build and so get out there watch some football enjoy it because a couple more weeks football will be over for the year so enjoy it few parting shots here before uh, I let all you guys go for the uh, the weekend to enjoy yourself. Um, tomorrow is uh, Veterans Day. Today is November 10th. Tomorrow is November 11th. So tomorrow is Veterans Day. And as a uh, Navy vet myself, to anybody out there listening who has served, thank you uh, for your service. Um, thank you for everything you've done. I, I know the commitment and, and what goes into it. And 
I also know for everybody else who has not served, um, I know the feeling of having other people say, oh, thank you for your service. It's a very mixed feeling we get where it's it's nice to be recognized for our service, but it's it's also difficult for us to kind of hear that and respond to it because some of us feel... Uh, you know, maybe I didn't do enough when I was in to, to deserve it, or, um, you know, some people have uh, survival remorse for uh, for anybody who has unfortunately lost some people, some friends um, in the service while you served. You, you, you get that feeling of, why, why me? Why am I still here? And they're not. And um, it can be difficult. For, for that reason as well but we do appreciate it so if you say it and and you get a muffled or grumpy response back uh don't be offended that's just how vets are in general uh anybody who knows me will know that off the bat but we we do we do appreciate it um and we do appreciate free coffee as well so all the places who do that free coffee i mean that's i'll take it that's a win i will accept that i will accept that i won't accept the free meals. I do appreciate it, but I won't accept free meals. There's other people who, uh, who actually need, uh, some free food and and stuff. I'd rather they get it than me, but I will take, I'm dumb, not stupid. I will take a free coffee. So, uh, thank you to everybody who has served, um, and everything that you, uh, have done and continue to do in your communities. And, uh, if you are also one of those vets who, uh, who feels, uh, alone or not, um, not the greatest mentally uh, always know that you're not alone and there's always people here and uh, you can always reach out and contact people for help don't be afraid don't be shy don't be embarrassed uh, there's nothing wrong with uh, needing help and asking for help so feel free to do that and again uh, thank you all for for what you've done um, I'll also leave here on a little bit of a lighter note I know that was a little bit of a Debbie Downer but uh my show screw it um jason kelsey our our beloved jason kelsey who was a finalist for sexiest man alive for people which won how in 2023 do we still have a sexiest man alive everything else gets canceled how has this survived but go figure that one out uh but a finalist uh dr what, what the hell is his name mcdreamy whatever he got it. I don't know how. Are they scraping the barrel for people? I guess so. But uh, Jason was a finalist. Uh, they did give him some uh, token uh, athlete, sexiest athlete alive, I guess. Um, still pretty good, though. Hey, and I do love his comment when he basically came out and said, uh, I wonder what's taken so long, which is part of the reason we, we love him. But so I'm just curious how long... Uh, until I'm available for it. Although I guess we'd all need to see my face at some point. Well, that's the show, everybody. Thank you for uh, taking time out of your busy day to uh, to listen to this full rant for a while. And uh, like I said, left unattended. So this is what happens. But I do appreciate you guys tuning in. I do appreciate you guys listening uh, always welcome to feedback. Always like to hear from everybody. And uh, like I said, how I, how I can be better, how the show can be better, and any topics that you guys want to discuss. But go out there this weekend. Enjoy yourself. Be safe. Uh, depending where you are, dress warm. 
and uh, just have a good weekend. Think of that. Give them some booze. We'll be pretty good. And uh, yeah, just enjoy yourself. So uh, dig in. Go Mules. Thank you.